Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with Toasty. And Toasty, we've been talking about animes in the pre-show, but this episode has nothing to do with anime. Uh, although the Witcher anime was pretty good. That, the, you know what? All the things that I noted about the Witcher or about certain things that animes do that I don't like didn't really happen in the Witcher anime. It was a Western anime, Tom. That's that's why it's better. <clears throat> so anyway, everyone's going to know. Oh, uh, don't dear. at me. Don't at me. There are specific, gonna get added. We'll talk gonna about get this. Added. We'll talk about this in other circles. There are certain <laughs> I love certain things about animes, but there are certain things that really drive me nuts. Anyway, today's episode is about drowners. We've got another best eerie episode, so I'm excited about this. And uh, drowners came up in our monster dating show, too. So this is kind of a fun little segue. That's why I did it, because I was like, we've talked about every single like monster that we like talked about in the dating show is set drowners so i was like mm. you know what why not talk about drowners yeah so, i don't know why anybody would want to not date a drowner except right. except for that they're absolutely disgusting terrible monsters mm-hmm. but they're like dead they're like dead things they're, that's yeah there's also that some people are into that oh god oh my god barf in my let's mouth okay not. let's, uh, <laughs> let's, not, let's not talk about that here tom please <laughs> all right uh moving on let's talk about drowners we got a little quote to start this out should i read the quote good should i Go do ahead. it should i do it in a voice if you want, but there's other ones that you'll probably want to do in a voice later. Right. So maybe this one will go normal right, for you, now. You let me know when I need to bring a voice in. Okay, this is this mm-hmm. is the quote to start it out. Drowners are scoundrels who ended their wicked lives in the water, drowned alive, or thrown into deep water after death. They turn into vengeful creatures, which stalk the inhabitants of coastal settlements. Yeah. So if this worked in the real world, then everybody that like the mob sent to sleep with the fishes would turn into a drowner exactly yeah so but it, it's that's kind of false though so uh drowners also known as mir de Iblin in skellica or vodniks uh inhabit both natural and artificial bodies of water from rivers and lakes and you know we see in like the witcher 3 pretty often on the side of the river or whatever to mill ponds and city sewers which is a bit more prevalent in like the older games um, where you're in more like urban areas uh, more often. Uh, it is commonly thought that these creatures are drowned men somehow arisen from the dead to prey on the living. This opinion is as widespread as it is false for the beasts are in fact another post conjunction relic. Oh, so they're not dead, dead boys. Yeah, it's, I mean, they kind of, they are, they're like necrophages. So they are like dead boys, but they're kind of like specifically like, mm a dead monster from another like sphere that got dropped in. But hmm. I mean, I would make an argument just because like, I mean, you still get more of them. They still like show up prevalently. Right. And like, I mean, I feel like in my Witcher three playthrough, I've, I probably single-handedly wiped out the entire drowner population, but they still show up. So yeah, they have yeah. to be replenished somehow. Yeah. I feel like I killed hundreds of them. Like, yeah, where do they I all come they, from? I think, like, I can't remember. Do they lay eggs? Do you see They're drowner like, eggs? I feel like you see mm-hmm. egg egg piles at all. In the I drowner section, there are monsters that definitely have eggs. I don't remember the drowners having eggs. I 
don't know. Mm. I can't remember. I know they have little piles, but I'm like wondering if it's stuff in eggs or just like random hordes of stuff. Or just like a little like hidey hole eggs. where they just kind of yeah. hang out or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. They have to be replenished somehow. So, yeah. well, I don't know. Um, it's a mystery. One of, um, and actually is probably uh, considered one of the, like, if not the most, like, popular or common monster in the witcher and is one of those rare monsters that actually shows up in all three games hey look at that we get to talk about mm-hmm. all three games all right well let's start with the witcher one all right so uh witcher one uh oddly enough another thing about it is that normally they have a different classification in the witcher one compared to what we see in the witcher three right not here they are necrophage necrophage comes all the way through to the you know all three games um they occur uh, at night more often um you do often I remember doing quests where you have to like wait till nighttime in order to like fight them or like find them or whatever um and they appear on the banks of ponds lakes and rivers or like in sewers and stuff um whenever you do some of those missions they are immune to bleeding blinding and poison attempts uh they are fearless and they are immune to stun attempts in the axie sign it's pretty fierce um, yeah uh susceptible to silver and to knockdown attempts the fast style is most effective against drowners experienced witchers use the group style against multiple drowners in the witcher um, one you can change your style your combat styles which mm-hmm. changes your button timing and pressing and stuff so yeah yeah depending on the kind hopefully of thing it's a bit easier with the remake and they don't have that like super weird complex fighting system it's a little antiquated yeah it feels kind mm-hmm. of like an old video game kind of trope from like pc mm-hmm. games from the 90s yeah um be more often than not you'll find yourself using group style against them because you don't often fight them one-on-one right uh uh because their tactics they usually attack in large groups and take advantage of numerical superiority so you know like one drowner by itself not much of a threat but you get a whole swarm of them more often than not and that could become a problem um and they drop uh drowner brain tissue ginnets acid and cadaverine that's better than gonads acid um there's an eye there yeah definitely Um, yeah yeah. All right. So what's the description in The Witcher 1? Uh, so the Drowner, a frightful creature of mud and scum, drags people down into mires and bubbling eddies. It feeds on young women who bathe in rivers and on occasion will pull men off their horses or carts as they cross a bridge or weir, which is like a low, a low dam, like a lower kind of so, elevated oh, dam. So, so they're, they're, <laughs> they're looking for opportunities to like get people unaware so that's mm-hmm. what these examples so somebody bathing who isn't paying attention to the creatures coming up behind them somebody crossing something on a horse who isn't paying attention you know, like that kind of thing yeah uh drowners arise from the bodies of villains who meet their end in running water or in undertoes that appear after storms these water creatures embody the spirits of those who cannot rest after death and are sometimes born of fetuses aborted by magical means. Man, this um, is all over the place. These, this is very specific kind of death near water. And then mm-hmm. also uh, like babies, like magical yeah, like, like, like the same kind as like the botchling or whatever, like yeah. uh, a little bit similar lore there. Um, they are ugly in appearance, skinny, tall, and bony. Their bodies are slimy and green, as is their hair. Um, because in the Witcher 1, they actually have hair, which isn't a, 
I don't think that sticks uh, in The Witcher 3. Um, when a drowner steps, pools of their slimy substance form. Uh, this creature can be fought using ordinary weapons. Is um, <clears throat> Old Greg a drowner? Do you know about Old Greg? You don't. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Somebody's going to get the joke. Locations. Um, all over the place, essentially. Outskirts of Vesima, by the fishing village and by the old mill, the Vitsima sewers, the dike, the swamp, uh, lakeside on Blackturn Island, and the Naiad's bathing spot near the village and the swamp cemetery. Yeah, so this is fairly common in The Witcher 1. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find various sources of, of uh, information um, because you need, in The Witcher 1, you need to find these sources where you can actually loot some of the items. Um, so there's an old townsman that will tell you a tale about drowned dead in exchange for food. Um, you can spend a bronze talent, which is like the kind of the skill points um, on the monster lore option. And that adds graviers, ghouls, drowners, and bar guests. Um, and then there's a book called swamp monsters, swamp monsters, swamp monsters. <clears throat> that was a, that was a big hit. That was a big seller back in uh, the Witcher one. All right, well, let's move on to The Witcher 2. I have a feeling things are going to evolve and change a little bit as we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, with The Witcher 2, most of the information we have comes from the like actual like best or journal entry from the game. Uh, so sometimes a drowned man returns as a monster to haunt the living. Tormented with his death, he murders his victims. He prefers to draw them beneath the water's surface, tearing the drowning victim to shreds with sharp claws and eat them like a wet biscuit. Mm, yum, yum, yum. Uh, <laughs> such a creature is called a drowner. They are often, quite often found at the banks of the Pontar, since the huge river with regular shipping and riverside villages provides them with ample sustenance. Yeah, when so, monsters. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, it seems like, I mean, it's kind of just one of those like, hey, we need something for you to fight in a video game monster go to <clears throat> things. Like that's the sense that I have across all three of these games. They're like, well, like sometimes they play into the story bits, but not usually. It's more of just like, we need a monster in the environment. So if you happen to be near water, it's probably a drowner. Yeah, that's kind of the, the idea that they have. Uh, they had whenever they were doing it was to like, I mean, <clears throat> to have uh, like a minor kind of monster. I mean, in, in The Witcher yeah. Two, um, you don't even get XP for them past level thirteen uh, because they're so like they're they're a challenge at first, and then after that, they're like you know they're not a concern anymore right. um, once you get to higher levels or not even higher levels like mid levels. <clears throat> uh, when monsters are really crappy, ganging up makes them happy. Uh, Wait, this is a quote. Wait, this yes, this is a quote. <laughs> okay, uh, you know it's one of those things where you like have to like you make a rhyme to have to remember something easier. You know, mm-hmm. um, drowners are not the mightiest beasts in the world, so they hunt in groups in accordance with the above saying. They are surprisingly fast on land, but are a threat only to fishermen and washerwomen. Again, women they- bathing. I guess while washerwoman is somebody doing it's like doing your laundry, right? Uh, They can best a witcher only if he is drunk or in love. Sometimes, (laughs) however, yes, (laughs) because you let your guard down when you're in love, right? Uh, Uh, Or you're in love with the drowner, and then the drowner takes advantage of that. I don't think that's the case. Mm. Like they got a high libido, but I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, we just did a dating episode about 
monsters. Yeah, and, and I drowner didn't was pick one of the them. drowner. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, sometimes, however, a more robust specimen is found among the drowners. It is called a drowned dead and can command the entire band. Thus, it's best to eliminate it first. One could say that if drowners chatted among themselves, Geralt would be highly esteemed among them after his exploits in Vesima. Yet drowners do not chat. They are dumb like a left shoe. <laughs> yes. Okay. Very interesting descriptions here. Right. Um, I can't remember. I think you had a, uh, it was a, it was a while back, but I, I think you had like a thing where you were like trying to imagine the person who was writing these journal entries, mm-hmm. just like some random dude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody who's just like too full of themselves and, and like the, one of the aristocracy who's just trying to be witty in a way that's just like not working you know yeah um yeah. but i'm also like what's the significance of how dumb a left shoe is like, right is the left shoe dumber than the right shoe right it sounds like something that like a a child would say thinking they were being clever but it doesn't actually relate to anything it, i don't know that's how it feels hmm. uh and good fast style should be used when fighting them and one must spin swiftly before they flee from a witcher's blade enough said as they are already dead drowners do not fear poisons and even a large loss of blood makes no impression on them this ends the list of the monster's strong points however as the rest of the witcher's arsenal is extremely effective against them thus the drowners can be killed with fire immobilized by traps knocked down and above all else sliced and diced until slime spills from their ears mm, mm, yep. delicious delicious um, delicious all right well so, that was a much more interesting description at least yeah uh so a little bit more uh info uh they have the variation of the drowned dead which is like a higher level um drowner not that much higher level though um uh they occur in wet areas just any wet areas uh immune to poison and bleeding uh, susceptible to silver swords fire knockdown traps uh, they attack in groups, much like the last uh, game, um, and you can loot Drowner Brain, Essence of Water, and Drowner Trophy from them. <clears throat> uh, drowners are among the first monsters to appear in The Witcher 2. Geralt encounters some in the underground passages of the Lavalette Castle on his way to the courtyard. And like I said before, Drowners cease giving XP when killed from level 13 onwards right right um, but otherwise Drowned dead they, is level 15 onwards it from has what a I saw different before, name so basically yeah. still very very minor right it has the same kind of functional use in the games these just kind of low level mob enemies that just just come at you you got yeah, blurry you're I'm blurry sorry. your cameras your I'm camera blurry. doesn't like I'm you today to, <laughs> all right so we've got the witcher 3 now and uh, we've got a quote from yannick of blaviken a fisherman yeah, I'm assuming this is where you're going to want to use your voice. So go oh, ahead, right, buddy. All right. Uh, when it was oh, age, you got to be quiet, first of all, not as, so as not as scare the fish. Second, so you don't attract drowners. I'm Yannick of Blaviken, a fisherman. You're still blurry. What is, know, what is going on with your camera? It. I can't do anything here. Maybe you got to sit higher? I don't I disappeared. <laughs> yeah, okay. I now, I'm gone. Now you're just there a blank go. screen. All right. Yeah. 
Okay, so how is how is a drowner different? Oh, now you're sharp again. All right, how is a, a drowner different in The Witcher Three than in previous Witchers? Yeah. Uh, a drowner resembles a corpse dredged from the bottom of a pond. It is sickly blue or green in color, with slime and sludge oozing out of every pore, mm. and the acrid stench of rot wafting off of it. This is the first time we've got a stench description. Yep, Although the other bits are, uh, and it's not only slime and, and sludge oozing, but out of every pore. Mm-hmm. That's even more yep. descriptive than previously. Yep. Uh, that is why it is often thought drowners, along with their more dangerous cousins, uh, vodniks, mucknixers, and drown dead, arise from the bodies of those who drown in shallow water. I'm going to call travelers. somebody a mucknixer. Next time, next time I get upset, like somebody cuts me off in a car. I'm going to yell at the window. You muck nixer. What are you doing? Get off the road. That's a good one. That's a good, that's a good. Cause they're going to be like, what'd you call me? I'm going to be like a muck nixer. I don't, I don't know. It just, that's it just, it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable so for me. Bad. It I sounds know. so bad though. Yeah. Um, muck nixer. Anyways, uh, Lost travelers falling into bogs, children who swim too far from the shore, or in the case of Vodniks, inebriated peasants who stumble off narrow swamp trails. Like so many other beliefs about monsters, this one is false. While drowners do not do look like humans from a distance, witchers who have the dubious pleasure of examining them from close quarters have reported the numerous ways in which their anatomy differs from our own. Their scaly skin, gills, and dorsal fins suggest drowners and their like are an entirely foreign species. Yeah, we get a lot of that. Like, if you actually look at the models in The Witcher 3, they have much more fish-like qualities, like the fins and the the different, I don't know, even kind of scaly-looking skin. Yeah. So there's, like, there's obviously, like, a change from the idea of it from like the witcher one progressing into it because they they did kind of they were definitely more human and just like they had hair and stuff before but Mm -hmm. they kind of changed it to make them more like solidly not this right uh what was I even Oh, the adaptations mentioned <laughs> below make drowners excellent swimmers, well suited to the muddy waters of the ponds and lakes in which they dwell. They often cluster near human settlements, which are for them an excellent source of food. Totally makes sense. It, they're not there because that's where the dead people came from. They're there because that's their food source. Mm-hmm. Uh, cowardly creatures by nature, they usually stick to eating scraps they dig out of rubbish piles and animal carcasses. Yet if a lone traveler or careless fisherman strays into their territory, they turn from scavengers to fearsome predators. They can attack with lightning speed, taking their victim by surprise and pulling him into the water to drown. If not particularly hungry at the moment, they will keep their prey under the water for a few days, aging it until it grows deliciously tender and rotten. Like a wet biscuit. Like a wet biscuit. Yeah. Uh, Drowners are particularly active at dusk and during the night, especially if the rain is falling. At such times, they will even leave their watery homes and venture inland. Drowners, mucknixers, vodniks, and drowned dead all live in putrid, rotting filth and so have developed a high resistance to poison. Though humanoid in form, they are primitive creatures no more intelligent than carp or pike. <laughs> okay. That is, like a fish. That is why, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
That is why spells affecting the mind, the Axie side included, are ineffective against them, yet they are particularly vulnerable to magic drawn from the element of fire, including the Igni side. You know what? I You can see the development of the series over time because, and maybe this is me just reading into it, but when it talks about them preying on people, it, it does not it does not speak gender it does not talk about like gendered roles it simply says you lone travelers or careless fishermen and fishermen is a general term it doesn't just mean male mm-hmm. male fishers it's anybody yeah. who fishes right so um so it's interesting to see that like we're not we're not talking about women doing laundry or bathing themselves in this one it's just anybody near water who happens to be alone or vulnerable pretty much yeah mm. um in the course of class and necrophage um their variations like I said before drown dead and mucknixer um they occur in novigrad skellige tucson velen and white orchard or literally everywhere um susceptible to necrophage oil and igni uh they drop drowner brain drowner tongue monster blood monster bone monster heart monster hair monster saliva monster tooth and water essence yeah and we've talked about this before the, <clears throat> the loot is a lot more fleshed out fleshed out mon- ugh, monster flesh uh in the witcher 3 because of the uses of it and potions and things have expanded from mm-hmm. the previous games um all right so if you're going to fight a drowner Especially in The Witcher 3, what tactics should we use? Uh, so, drowners are, like previously stated, predominantly pack creatures by nature, usually in groups of three or greater. You know they have spotted you if they burrow into the ground. This is a sure warning sign that they're preparing to ambush you if you encroach further on their territory. Mm-hmm. Drowners' leaping attacks cannot be parried or countered. Attempting to do so will momentarily stagger Geralt and render him immobile for several seconds, often enough for other drowners to land attacks on him. Their normal clawing attacks, on the other hand, are susceptible to counterattacks, but doing so when multiple drowners are landing hits simultaneously could be dangerous. So if they jump at you, roll out of the way. Yes. Otherwise, Uh, you can parry their attacks. Yes. Uh... Drowners can evade normal and sweeping ard rather effectively, and the only moment they can really be hit with the sign is during a very small window in the middle of a, the leaping attack animation, or if immobilized in some way. Axie, on the other hand, is often too slow to stun them, even when cast without interruption. Not, you know, like I said before, not very effective. <clears throat> Drowners are quite weak to Igni, susceptible to being lit afire and stunned while they screech in agony. When attacked by multiple drowners, it is possible to catch the pack in a Yerdin trap, then blast the drowners with Igni. You can counterattack the claw swipes from a drowner, causing a bit of extra damage to them. Right, so lure them in and then cook them up like like fish. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, this can be quite difficult when multiple drowners are attacking not only do they usually attack in numbers their attacks are quite fast and have a surprising range as they usually do leaping jump strikes above all else don't let yourself get surrounded by them um and you know like this is like you should get into like kind of the later stuff or whatever you're just like one-shotting drowners but like at the start like i just remember like you walk down by the roots it could be a problem if you pain in the ass yeah yeah um they can interrupt your counterattacks with their own attacks 
Drowners, try to leap at a witcher from beneath the ground. Watch for disturbances at your feet and roll or dodge to safety. Drowners react to the deaths of their fellows by screaming in pain. This show of mourning leaves them defenseless for several seconds. Yeah, now I don't think there's like a telepathic thing where they can feel the other ones being killed or hurt. I think it's more of a, they're pack creatures. And so the loss of part of their family unit is emotionally distressing to them. Mm -hmm. It's still interesting because it's like, like, the, 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 with how the emphasis on like how like like mm, mentally or not like there's a word that i want to say and i like the my brain doesn't want me to say yeah i, I don't know what you're trying to say um, mentally like mental they, their amount of mental progression they're not like they're not very intelligent. They're not creatures. intelligent. Like right. said that they're like very like you know they have the intelligence of like an animal. Right. And like normally animals don't have this like some of them like you I mean they don't have that same like level of empathy or like mm-hmm. emotional attachment to other animals. Right. Um, obviously, we'd get you know humans get to experience it more with like dogs and cats and like you know mammals the, tend to be more yeah, yeah more emotionally intelligent than say reptiles or fish yeah but like you know you you put like a dead fish into a tank with other fish and they're going to eat the fish because it's food like they don't have that same level of like oh this is one of our kind right like have mo like they just yeah you know act instinctively rather than like emotionally so it's interesting that they have like an emotional reaction to the loss of another one Mm -hmm. at like the level of intelligence that they've like stated that they they are at so yeah totally makes sense all right well let's take a break we're gonna do we're gonna do the mid-break thank our patrons and then we're gonna come back and talk about some real world mythology that may have influenced the development of the drowners in, in this world so don't go anywhere very well let us get this over with something has infested my vineyard mm-hmm. great let me go prepare my something oil then All right, we've got our patrons to thank. We don't have any new patrons this week, but we do have to shout out our higher vampires, Ben of Tamaria and Jared M. And remind everybody that our new T-shirts and sticker designs are now up on the Patreon. So if you are already a tier three patron, then in the next three months, you'll get the first sticker. And then every three months after that, you get the next sticker for all four for the year. And if you're a tier four or higher, then you get T-shirts. But we're, we've upgraded it because Patreon doesn't have an easy way to close out the previous year and let people who were collecting the first series f- continue finishing that first series. So the first series is turned off and then the new series is turned on, which is kind of a bummer. So to offset the bummer, we're giving you guys a... Uh, a hoodie a, a, a hoodie sweatshirt with the first design and the designs are are really cool they're um they're based off of the uh, witcher schools and they're it's just black and white and really stark and, and cool looking so go check them out on the patreon patreon.com slash witcher lorecast check out the different tiers see if you'd like to help support the show we'd really appreciate it and uh thank you to all of our patrons for your support 
Also, we've got this big new review that came in. Uh, just a reminder, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. This one is from Jeff Polk One in the United States, who uh, wrote us a little bit of a book, but we're going to read it out because it is so nice, and that's what we do. This says, finally, a lore podcast for everyone. I am by no means someone who fits in with the general category of nerd culture. I am more of an outdoorsy type of person. I only casually play video games as something to do in the winter. I am still not 100% sure what Twitch actually is for. Yeah, me either. (laughs) To be honest, I don't even really like podcasts, usually. I first got into The Witcher TV show as a way to bond with my little brother, who is on the spectrum, and I quickly became obsessed with The Witcher universe. I just finished The Last Witch, Wish, not which, wish, and started Sword of Destiny today. I'm also playing The Witcher 3 on my Nintendo Switch, and I'm loving every minute of it. Uh, Wrapping up the Heart of Stone DLC right now and having such a great time, I stumbled across this podcast while trying to find something to listen to as I do some major construction on my house and have been bringing hours or binging hours and hours of this absolutely amazing show for weeks. The Witcher Lorecast dissects some really complex information about the Witcher world in a way that is fun and lighthearted, while still bringing up some great points and asking thought-provoking questions. The podcast works as a perfect supplement to any form of Witcher content that you are currently consuming. And don't worry, they give fair warning before disclosing spoilers. Uh, But what's even more amazing is the hosts Tom and Toasty have been working to foster this incredible culture that is so inviting to everyone who is interested in the Witcher world and are looking to hear more. There is no nonsense, or I'm sorry, no sense of elitism, gatekeeping, or other toxic traits that I've come across whenever I show the slightest interest in any type of fandom. Those two have successfully built a loving community of people who have found commonality and just want to have fun discussing something they are all interested in, the world of The Witcher. Thank you guys so much for providing such a welcoming atmosphere for so many different types of people to learn more about this diverse world and for giving me more ways to bond with my brother. All the best. Keep doing what you're doing. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that review. That um and I I mean I think he totally gets it, Toasty. We're we're trying to like I think you and I and many of the other hosts on the network are we're just not into gatekeeping community stuff, fandoms. If you love a thing, love a thing. We love that you love that thing too, regardless of if you're brand new to it or you've been into it for years or whatever. There's no like certain level of depth in order to become a real fan or any of that crap. So, um, Jeff, thank you so much for that. I'm glad that you are noticing that, and that's that's it's very intentional. So, I was about to say no nonsense. I was like, no, that that's just not true. There's a lot of nonsense on <laughs> yeah, this podcast. That was me. That was me because <clears throat> words are hard. Um, yeah, words are hard. Uh, words is hard. So uh, let's move on with the rest of the show. Here we go. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right, Toasty. So what kinds of real world influences or mythology have you come across for drama? So, um, and... Uh, let's not, it's probably going to be pretty happy about this one, uh, because I know that they're a particular fan of this one. Um, so, uh, from what I could find, uh, generally, um, and it's actually a very interesting, um, because like, you know, we look up drowner, it doesn't really have much significance to like, um, you know, 
to like actual like mythology or whatever but luckily like they they were nice enough in like the description to put like the other names that they referred to as Avodnik being one of them and mm-hmm. Avodnik is an actual like uh specific thing in like Slavic mythology um with a very interesting counterpart um the Vajinoi in like a a, a kind of different it's like a weird like I think the Vodnik is like Eastern Slavic mm-hmm. as opposed to like, it's, it's, it was kind of confusing. I will say to like, kind of pick out exactly where it's from. Um, but anyways, we're going to start with the Vodnoi. Uh, so the Vodnoi and which, uh, I believe is also in the Witcher one. So a similar thing, mm-hmm. um, is said to appear as a naked old man with a frog's face, hmm. a greenish beard and long hair, with his body covered in algae and mud, usually covered in black fish scales. I can see why this is uh, Let's Not's favorite. All right, then. Uh, He has web feet instead of hands, a fish tail, and eyes that burn like hot embers. Usually, he rides along the river on a half-sunken log, making heavy splashes. Consequently, he is often called grandfather or ancestor by local people. The local drownings are said to be the work of the Vodunoi or Rasulkas. When he gets angry, the Vodunoi breaks levees, floods, mills, and drowns people and animals. Consequently, fishermen, millers, and also beekeepers make sacrifices to calm him down. He frequently drags people into his underwater drilling, dwelling to serve him as slaves. Wow. Uh, quite quite a jerk, grandfather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like cursed ancestors that get mad and uh, as as with many of these things, it becomes an explanation for some of the things that you don't have explanations for in the old world. So, mm-hmm. oh, why did the levee break or why is the flood happening? Oh, grandfather, our ancestors are mad at us. Yeah. Right. That kind uh, of thing. And then, yes. Yeah, so specifically, the Vaginoi is Eastern Slavic like folklore mythology um Mm -hmm. and then there is its counterpart the vodnik uh so in czech slovenian and slavic folklore the characteristics of the vodnik are markedly different from the slavic eastern conception he has a completely human build and habits save for a few differences vodnici which is the plural have gills a membrane uh between their fingers and their skin is algae green as is their hair, which is typically pale green in tone. So more fish-like, like we see in The Witcher 3. Yes. Yeah. Uh, his dress and general appearance are strange, sometimes even tramp-like, patchwork shirts, and by modern standards, weird hats. Okay, by modern standards, weird hats. Yeah. Okay. Um, but at least these have can... clothing. Yes. There is that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can bear to stay for hours outside their ponds. When they do, they can be unmistakably distinguished by their damp coat layers from which the water is dripping under all circumstances. Vodnik's face is u- generally unshaven and is not uncommon for a Vodnik to have a large, wet, tangled beard. Uh, Czech, Slovenian, and Slavic tales have wicked and good Vodnici that sometimes try to drown people when they swim in their territory. Vodnici keep the souls of the drowned in covered porcelain cups. Okay. 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> nice. We get, we get some of the weird stuff in here. Oh, uh, man, that's cool. They regard their mugs as the most valuable heirloom and display their work and number these mugs, which they see as proportionate to their wealth or status among other Vodnichi. When the lid is removed from said cup, the soul inside will escape and be released. Except for fish or fish spirits, they have no servants. Otherwise, Vodnichi spend their time running their territory or playing cards, smoking pipes, or just sitting on the surface of the water on rocks or nearby willows and wandering. I hope they have like waterproof cards. Like imagine if you played a pack of cards and you're like, it explains how they're dripping wet all the time, even when they're out of the water. Like, <laughs> they're like, they're like old guys that just hang out and collect souls in little jars. And then they prize them and then we've got little fish servants or fish spirit servants. Mm -hmm. And then they play cards and just hang out and smoke. Yeah. Uh, the fishermen ask the Vodnik for help by placing a pinch of tobacco in the water and saying, here is your tobacco, Mr. Vodnik. <laughs> now give me a fish. <laughs> I love. <laughs> so sometimes when you get like quotes like this, they're, um, I don't know, fancier. And this one is just like right to the point. Here is your tobacco, Mr. Vodnik. Give me a fish. Straight to the point. Mm -hmm. uh, in Czech, Slavic, and Slovenian tales, Vodnichi live in ponds or rivers. They do not have a particular home. There are almost no references to Vodnichi in relation to seawater, which is supposed to be dangerous or even deadly for them. So that's <clears throat> very different because we have drowners in seawater in The Witcher. Mm -hmm. so so distinctly different yeah uh so and, and there's like a quite a few things uh you know getting into the the very weird uh interesting like mythology aspect of these things um so some of the powers that they can have um uh they are considered the master of the waters but uh Although they are endowed with terrible strength and power in the water, they are often weak on dry land. And of course, these are differing, like, you know, differing things here. So some of this, you know, aligns or doesn't align with, you know, the previous explanations. Um, all that happens in the waters is done by their will. When in good humor, he drives the fish into the fisherman's net and guides sailors to safe places in stormy weather. But when his mood is irritable, he lures them to dangerous coasts and upsets their boats. So it yeah. acts like a like a water spirit in some of these mm -hmm. old mythologies. It less of maybe a creature that lives in the water, more of a spirit of the water that is there to help or to hinder and is as wild as the water and the weather can be. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he tears the spikes out of the mill wheels, diverts the water from its course and floods the mill. And if the miller wishes to succeed, he should bury some living being in the foundations of his mill, such as a cow, a sheep or even a man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want to please and don't have your mill flooded. Hey, Ralph. Bury something. Ralph, you, 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 drew, you drew the short straw, buddy. We got to bury you under the mill. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It's just everybody agrees, right? Everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Ralph's the one. Yep. Sorry, Ralph. Got to bury you. Mm. It's always Ralph. Uh, there's also widespread belief that the uh, Vodunik drowns those who bathe at midday or at midnight. <clears throat> uh, generally, 
lies at the bottom of deep pools, but at night he sits on the shore combing his hair or he sports in the water, diving with the splash and coming a far away. Sometimes also he fights with the wood sprites, Uh oh! the noise of their combats being heard far off. It's freaking wood sprites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is one of the, the weirder ones. When on land, Vadinoi liked to visit markets. His appearance foretells the price of corn. If he buys deer, there will be a bad harvest. If cheap, a good crop may be expected. So he's the like. The more he pays for the corn, uh-huh. the worse the crop will be. All right. So he's kind of like a groundhog predicting winter. Mm hmm. But he's a scaly, slimy old water man who wanders into the market and then makes up his own price to buy the corn mm-hmm <laughs> okay wait isn't it's- corn an American this this story must have come after trade and settling in, in the in the Americas that's weird I would have expected like grains of other some other types of grains than corn mm-hmm. like wheat yeah. or something huh something yeah um weird he likes to ride a sheet fish or saddles a horse bull or cow which he rides till it falls dead <laughs> okay yeah these are these are just yep, just casual things um some of the sacrifices that are made like uh said before there's the mill where you have to bury something beneath it mm-hmm. in order to uh uh you know appease it um Millers and peasants also cross themselves before swimming or stepping into the water to bathe, just in case the Vaginoi was angry and tried to drown them. So cross themselves, as in do the sign of the cross, like a Catholic or Orthodox Christian would mm-hmm. do. Um, and yeah, and so that 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 shows that this is from a time when you have the combination of uh, Christianity and these old world myths blending together. Which mm-hmm. you see a lot in, in uh, even like Grimm's fairy tales and stuff like that, like the original ones. Let's get this weird mix of, of that stuff. Mm. Uh, one of the weirder things for like s- sacrifices you can make, uh, the Vodnik is a patron of beekeeping. Yeah, they mentioned bees earlier. I guess they mm-hmm. like they like honey. Uh something uh yeah uh it is customary to enclose the first swarm of the year in a bag and throw it weighted with a stone into the nearest river as an offering to him oh man you know how much old like ancient and old world people probably wasted just stuff on like burnt offerings and throwing bags of stuff and like to appease the nature spirits or whatever there's probably a ton of crap they work they did and they just threw it out no uh you can also uh it would also uh be more beneficial for the beekeeper if they were to take a honeycomb from a hive on saint zosima's day and fling it at midnight into a mill stream Mm, okay very specific because it wasn't Um, enough to bury ralph under the mill it wasn't it It really wasn't you got to do more um as other offerings of you know like he would tear or well he would tear fish nets because he didn't like the fish being captured you could offer him a goose in the middle of september um (laughs) you would bury a horse's head beneath a dam in order to ensure that it wouldn't destroy the dam um this one's one of the really weird ones um okay 
in order to appease him uh, and get his goodwill, the peasants in some places would buy a horse, which they would feed well for three days, then tie its legs together, smear its head with honey, adorn its mane with red ribbons, attach two millstones to its neck, and at midnight, fling it into an ice hole, or if the frost is broken up, into the middle of a river. That's very, very, very specific. It's very specific. Also, like... These peasants, they'd be working hard. I'm sure they get be yeah. getting jacked. It's still, I don't think you could get like a number of peasants that like could obviously like, because if you get too many, then you don't have like, you don't have the space in order to lift it. Who's flinging horses? Right. Yeah. No, that's horses, horses are big horses creatures. Heavy. Wait, you get like, like a dozen, a dozen of the men from the local village to try to pick up a dead horse and throw it. Also, horses are expensive. Like a, the horse, that was their means of travel. It was a means of work. It pulled plows. Like you don't just get rid of a horse, you know, willy nilly. Yeah, wow. I don't, I, this wow. seems very, um, yeah, it's, it's very specific. Um, and then there's of course many interactions that like to do like play pranks on people by like reviving corpses that people would pull from the river of course in order to scare them um, chasing ducks into the water um again like it would ride horses to death just for fun um yeah it's another one of those myth things where it's like why did the horse die uh i don't know mom maybe it was the vodnik got it (laughs) <laughs> you know like explaining things that they either wanted to explain away or needed an explanation for because they didn't understand what actually happened yeah yeah it's 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 a lot of just crazy ridiculous things as this would be expected <laughs> yeah that's um, pretty great that's some good stuff all right so that's the foundation of of drowner any other any other details here you want to share uh you know there's just there's there's some listings of how like they'd have various uh different kinds of uh like make like families or whatever like they'd be married to like water nymphs uh that were crossed monster yeah um they there was like a specific like instance or situation where they like gave birth to rasulkas um it's, it's just a lot of like wild stuff um mythology stuff mythology stuff that's (laughs) great that's great i I love all the crazy wild uh mythology stuff well that's cool that's cool this one has i mean in some ways it's very similar and stays pretty true to the original and yet in other ways became much more i don't know fleshed out especially as the games moved on so Mm -hmm. so there's Mm -hmm. that very cool there's also uh instances of information where they uh they were friends with it's botniks which were like them but swamp variations and leshies oh um which i mean um, there's a lot of similarities between them and the leshies if you uh if you remember that episode so <laughs> somebody needs to do like a spin-off series of like all the monsters being like bros and like hanging out with each other and the witchers being like the bad guys who keep messing with them but they're just like just want to be left alone and do their monster things mm. i could totally see that yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Where where are we going next week? What do you think? We're going back to some kingdoms and stuff? Yeah. Um, it, might, it might finally be time to get to Redania. 
Redania. So, yeah, yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, we kind of made it around the map and now we're finally back up to the top. So yeah. Well, cool. You got anything else you want to share before we head out? Uh, check out the uh, cyberpunk lore cast if you're a fan of cyberpunk and cyberpunk related stuff we're kind of doing a similar thing over there going around the world of uh cyberpunk the different like different uh, zones in night city yeah different well different like or other countries places. and nations oh, we're wow. actually going around the world um right now nice. um we you know recently did a did an episode interview with Jay Gray talking about the new Black Chromebook uh, that just came out. Um, you know, a lot of fun stuff going on over there. Um, nice. And then again, cyberpunk related. Uh, for your fan, uh, check out the Cyberpunk Red actual play podcast, Cyberpunked, Cyberpunk apostrophe D, um, that I do with the Fumbling Four and Almighty Crit Gang. Awesome. Yeah, go check that stuff out. And uh, you can find those shows and my other shows over on robotsradio.net. Of course, I've got the Lord of the Rings lore cast and Fallout and Elder Scrolls and Mass Effect and Starfield, which we're still waiting for a launch date on, which maybe we'll get it this week. I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, go check out all that stuff if you're looking for more content. And thank you to everybody who tunes in. Thank you for everybody who's in the chat. And we got lots of lots of first time chatters and new people jumping in to say hi. Welcome, everybody. So glad you are here. And we'll be back same time next week. So we'll see you next time. Until then, stay safe on the path. See you guys later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.